Hello everyone, this is Matt Ferret, author of the Prepare for Medicare book series, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferret Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to a successful retirement. Come say hello at themattferretshow.com for show links, notes, websites referenced, quotable quotes, and the complete show transcript. You can also check out prepareformedicare.com and my new site, prepareforsocialsecurity.com. Both support the books, Prepare for Medicare and Prepare for Social Security. I also offer Social Security consulting access on the Prepare for Social Security site, as well as a searchable database of every Social Security office in the country. Sign up for my monthly newsletter on either website, and you'll get free Medicare and Social Security checklists, which you can also do on the show's homepage, themadfairshow.com. Udo Erasmus is a fascinating health, wellness, spiritual, and human nature educator. Udo is the co-founder of Udo's Choice Line, which can be found in Whole Foods and other health food stores worldwide. He was born in Europe shortly after World War II and was immediately subjected to unspeakable trauma, tragedy, and danger. On this episode of The Matt Ferret Show, you'll get an insider's guide to Udo's journey from losing everything to spending a lifetime of discovery, faith, teaching, and providing others the foundations of health, peace, and harmony. Enjoy. Udo, welcome to the show. Oh, glad to be on. Thanks for having me. So tell everybody what you do, how long you've been doing it, and how you help people. Okay, well, f primarily I breathe. I'm going to be 81 next month. <laughs> breathing is really good. And breathing is, of course, is where it starts, because in your mother's womb, you don't breathe. You don't have to do anything. You're, you're actually in deep meditation, like a little Buddha. You don't even know you have a body. Everything's taken care of, right? Yep. And so you begin your life in deep meditation where your focus is inside your, your own source, which is inside of you. Yep. And that source is, has a foundation of peace and is unconditional love for the body. Life loves your body unconditionally, right? Then you come out, then you get to have to get to know the world. Your focus shifts through your senses out into the world. You get disconnected from yourself. You, and you become present outside, absent inside. And in, your wo in the womb, you were present inside and absent outside. And then you live your life trying to figure out what's this ache? Loneliness is one good word for it, right? Try and figure out, what is this feeling in my chest that is uncomfortable that, you know, and sometimes you call it loneliness and sometimes you call it longing and sometimes you call it ache and sometimes you call it sadness or grief or disappointment or just wanting restless, empty. You know, there's lots of names for the same feeling and a whole bunch of different triggers. But this feeling, we're talking about loneliness, mm -hmm. you know, we think it's we're trying to get connected to somebody but actually it's our call to get reconnected to ourselves. Because when we sit with that loneliness, instead of like doing something, we sit with that loneliness and then our focus just drops behind it. In behind it, there's no loneliness. In behind that, we feel completely whole and cared for and loved and content. So loneliness when you're old is the same as loneliness when you're young. Except when you're young, you have more energy, so you chase it on the outside. When you get older, you have less energy. And hopefully, 
that gets you to sit still with it a little bit and discover the magnificence of your incredible being because that hasn't changed from the time you were in your mother's womb all through your life to the time when you're old has never changed the same magnificence the same beauty the same indestructible love and contentment are the source of your own existence within you so you've got a very varied background um Mm. tell everybody who's listening and about the loneliness piece how have you come to this space in your life where you can talk about and help people with those feelings of loneliness it sounds like at any age but especially mm-hmm. as folks mm-hmm. get older and life changes happen uh mm-hmm. aches and pains loss um um you know changing from you know a work situation to a different work situation or work into retirement yeah. tell everybody about your background and yeah. how that's helped shape where you are with being able to help people with that concept of loneliness Right. Okay. Well, I, I'm very lucky. I got everything taken away from me when I was two years old. <laughs> I was born during the war. Uh, so I was a second war, second world war refugee. The communists were chasing us in tanks and trucks. We had my, my parents had come from Latvia. We were in Poland. So communists chasing us in tanks and trucks and the allies, the good guys, you know, these are the good guys. We're all on the side of the good guys. They were using women and children on horse-drawn hay wagons on dirt roads with no military presence as target practice. So they were shooting at us from planes. And my mother was in winter. My mother, there were dead horses and dead people in the ditches. My mother felt the roads were not safe. So she went through the fields, one kid on each hand, but she started with six kids. So she had to leave four of them behind. And she left them behind in a, in a, on, a, uh, in a, on a farm by the road. And they then took us to uh, Berlin and I ended up in an orphanage. And eventually she made it out because the, ro- the fields were safer than the roads. And then her sister heard about it and she went and, and hauled us out of our, uh, our orphanage situation. And then we got reunited. But the point I'm making is, you know, when I was a little kid, I lost everything. No culture, no home, uh, you know, no, uh, literally everything taken away. No dishes, <laughs> you know, we had just clothes we were wearing. Some of those were dirty because we couldn't wash them, right? So I lost everything and it wasn't safe. I never felt safe. And it was confusing because every, every day you heard a different story. And so I got very early, I got started struggling with, how does it all work? Because if you understand how things work, then you get some predictability and there's a certain amount of safety in that. Well, so I was always trying to figure things out and doing experiments and, you know, wrecking things because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was finding out. And when I was six years old, I listened to people arguing about really trivial stuff. And this thought came to me, said, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And this little cocky voice of a six-year-old who doesn't know how complicated everything is, goes, says, I'm going to find out how. And that's become, that's become the purpose of my existence, how to live in harmony. And of course, how to live in harmony means with myself, and then with you, and then with others, and then on the planet. So 
it, it, so it kind of directed me to myself. I didn't have much on the outside I could rely on. And that's a gift if it takes you to more reliance on what's on the inside, which gets kind of easily gets lost, you know, in a world that's just too comfortable. Right? Yeah, okay. that's a, that's no, a, I went through, I went yeah, through I all say, the that's other. A, uh, that's a, a shocking and traumatic event very early on and a very early yeah. revelation that you had. There's, I'm sure, 95, 99.9% .9 of people would have reacted differently. Yeah, um, and it wasn't, and it wasn't just a curious thought. It was like, you know, I need to find out. I really need to know because it was, it, it was intense for me, right? So anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, and then I got into everything else, just like everybody else, you know, the girlfriends and the people and you love me. Oh, you dumped me. Oh, my heart is broken. Actually, your heart never breaks. Your mind is broken. Your expectation is broken. There's nothing wrong with your heart in the so-called heartbreak. Your heart never breaks. Your heart is empowering unconditional love for your body. 24-7, 365, lifelong. Never quits on you until body and life part company, right? Yep. So, but we call it heartbreak and heartache, and it does feel like your heart is aching. And the trigger is that she dumped me. But the truth is that that throws me back on my disconnection from myself, but we don't get told that. So then we go, oh, she wasn't the right one. Oh, she found somebody else. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh. I should have done this and I should have done that and the self recriminations and the, you know, all of that. Right. And finally you, you forget because you find somebody else who looks attractive and then you go for that one. Right. Right. It's kind yeah. of like how it is. Right. Yeah. But the truth is that the heartache from the heartbreak is not about that other person. The trigger is not the cause. The cause is your normal, natural, necessary disconnection from yourself that begins with your focus going out into the world and away from your it's you know away from your inner self. That's what begins heartache or heartbreak or loneliness or longing or restlessness or whatever we call sadness, sorrow, grief wanting hoping praying desperation separation isolation right they okay. all are the same feeling in the chest area and it's intense and they and then we don't like it so we try to do something else to take ourselves away from it distraction 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 right when what we should be doing with it is sitting quietly in the heartache, in that feeling, because it's so close to where your wholeness lives, because your wholeness lives right just like less than a hair's breadth behind it is your wholeness. Now, this is true for every human being on the planet, no matter what language they speak, which gender they are, what race they are. You know, this is part of the human, the way a human being is built. When you get disconnected from being present in the space your body occupies, then that then a pain goes with that. It's kind of like hunger for food, thirst for water, need to breathe for air. This is need to feel whole for wholeness. You for know, 
you at a very early age were able to, in some sense, look outside yourself and and see it something as perhaps an objective issue rather than a subjective one, a, you know, kind of a looking outside and, and at six saying, this is a problem and situation and I want to go spend my life fixing it, which is not only unique, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's past the word mm-hmm. rare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. you just went through the, you know, early days and, and dating and everything else. And then how mm-hmm. has that changed in your life um, uh, over the years and over the decades? And, and how have you come to a space to understand what you just told us? Yeah. Okay. So I, I went through all of that other stuff too, all the subjective stuff, right? What I think was different for me is there wasn't much on the outside that I thought could make me happy. Because I had already seen so much of that. So I had so many disappointments, right? And so I didn't have a lot of trust in the world and in other people. And so you, ha- you have to trust something. And so that was always inward directed. And I had some experiences of inner experiences, just spontaneous ones. Of, of like one of them, I remember when I was maybe 14, I was lying in bed. I was not that socially adjusted. I was pretty much a by myself kind of kid. You know, I didn't have many friends. I, I, and I've, I, the thought went through my head. I'm not that well socially adjusted, but there is nothing wrong with me because I was feeling inside, wow, there's nothing wrong with me. Even though I'm not socially that that well adjusted and I've kind of stayed away from it because I was pretty shy and I I didn't like it when more than two eyeballs looked at me mm-hmm. so I would never show up in front of a group and talk now I make my living doing that by the way right so yeah. you your journey in terms of loneliness and and uh, there's a food connection here too and a and a biology uh, or a biological connection here as well so spiritual biological um and mental so in your own loneliness and or um, I guess mental health um, journey, when you, and I'm kind of going a little chronologically here, mm-hmm. in your 40s and 50s or 60s and 70s, when yeah. those changes uh, happen or you haven't dealt with issues of loneliness or loss or trauma yeah. in, in the right way, um, yeah. Do you have any practical or tactical suggestions for folks that are uh, kind of going through this thing or have, you know, what family yeah. members that, you know, yeah. mom died 10 years ago and dad's depressed and sad and 71 and things aren't going well. What are some practical yeah. pieces to at least right. that you, that you so can share? Yeah. Actually practicing, sitting still, making it a practice every day, not just of working hard and playing hard, but also doing nothing hard, right? Because- if you work hard and play hard, you get burned out. You got to do nothing hard because in that nothing, in that quietness, in that stillness practice, you rejuvenate, you rest, you get more sleep in meditation than you get at night when you're sleeping. There's research on that. Okay. So, and so I began to become more disciplined about bringing my focus back home to where my wholeness lived where my wholeness lives, where my wholeness always, because when I feel lonely, my wholeness is still there. I'm just focused on what I think I'm missing on the outside, but I'm actually not missing anything on the outside because I'm whole, right? 
and the outside is always changing and you know that that's always going to change and you know that if someone is born they're going to die and when you know what in you never dies because it's formless to begin with and is in the energy realm rather than the physical realm rather than formed realm then you could actually be happy if a person passed on they were sick and their body was failing and breaking down and there was pain right and you get released your your wholeness your love gets released from the from the cage of the body and you could be happy for them and you could be and you could remember the love that you shared and you you can remember the good times you had you instead of saying oh i can't have it i can't have her now him now you know wow how cool was that i got to be with this person we got to have children together we got to do things together we got to have fights we got to have foods we got to have sex we got to have so many things that are all part of the incredibleness of being in a body right yeah well and so your shift and so you focus your shift from what i don't have or what the trauma is or what the pain is you shift your focus to something in that also exists within you that is always pain-free never gets hurt cannot die cannot get sick is completely healthy and needs nothing other than for you to focus on it to be experienced so it is yes it's it's to i mean i'm probably not summarizing this correctly but it's to turn inside yourself what if what if how do i get there how do i get there if i'm not there right now how if i'm focusing on the loss or i'm focusing on the pain and i'm focusing on my feelings of loneliness and doing things to try to mitigate that yeah. Um, what should I be focusing on? How do I take steps okay. to, to I think remedy? the first, yeah, I think the first thing you say, well, what are you focused on right now? Okay. So what are you focused on right now? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, this, this podcast interview. <laughs> yeah. Right now you're focused on me. Yes. Right now you're focused on me and you're having thoughts in your head. So you're focused on the thoughts in your head mm-hmm. and then you bring question out of that. So you're focused on your voice box, right? Okay. And then you're focused on your ears because you're listening yes. to what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. So where is your so the first question? Where is my focus right now? Well, right now my focus is in my loneliness, what I don't have, what I'm missing, because somebody died or somebody treated me badly or something went wrong or my leg got broken or whatever it is. So yeah. that's where I'm focused. Okay. So when you know where you're focused. If, if your focus is in the space that your body occupies, but outside the cortex where all your words are, that's where your wholeness lives. So you, if you know your focus is there, but you, you could bring it here, then you literally do whatever it takes to move your focus because you have the freedom to focus on anything you want to focus on. If you want to be a victim, then you focus on your losses. And if you want to be a champion, you focus on your on your wins, right? What is your what is the champion? What is the most champion thing about you? Is that you're a child of God, you're a Christ child, unconditionally love, 
living, loving your body unconditionally, every moment of every day and every moment of every night. And so it's a matter of, of learning how to move your focus. That's not hard to do because I can see, well, I focus on the lamp over there and okay, I'm going to focus on the lamp over there. Okay, I'm going to focus on the ceiling. Okay, I'm going to focus on the floor. Okay, I'm going to focus on my chest. Okay, I'm going to focus on what my bum feels on the seat. You know, so we are actually very good at moving our focus. But we kind of play helpless when we say, well, bring your focus inside the space your body occupies. Because we don't do that very much, so we think it must be complicated and difficult. It's not. It just takes a little time. Sit quietly. So I'll, I'll, I'll lead you through a short one, and then we'll go on to something else. Sure. So go like this. Okay, you sit down and close your eyes and see how still you can become. And then see how deeply you can go into that stillness. And see how long you can stay there. And while you're doing that, by the way, if you're driving, don't don't listen. <laughs> listen, listen later. Right? <laughs> so we're gonna go get really quiet. So so how still can I be? How long can I stay there? And then breathe slowly and comfortably without pushing and pulling your breath, soundlessly. Okay. And then feel what there is to feel because you're already in the space your body occupies. And then the more often you do that, the easier it becomes. And the more often you do it, the deeper you go. And the deeper you go, the more rich is the experience. Right? And it has nothing to do. It's this is the experience between you and the power that creates the universe. Right? So you get in touch with that. And then it comes a point, you come out, then your focus goes out all over the place again, yet then you lose this feeling. So at some point, it will occur to you, damn, if I can go into that space, I actually want to stay in that space while I'm doing what I do in the world. So then you try to drag it with you so that you're actually feeling your presence and doing the simple things you need to do in the world, like brushing your teeth or picking your nose or whatever it is you're doing. And you can do that without losing connection with your heart. And then your life becomes, be, begins to become richer and richer and richer. Is what you're describing meditation, something less than that or something more than that? Some people call it mindfulness. But mindfulness is wherever you focus, be aware that you're focused. Be aware where you're focused. Called self-knowledge. Some people call that the most important kind of knowledge. Because what you, what you know on the outside is all theoretical. What you, what, you exp, what you know on the inside is experiential. And experience is always more powerful than theory. Right? And some people call it meditation. So it doesn't matter what you call it, uh, but heartache is, is the call to you coming back home inside and experiencing what it feels like to be alive in human form.
right? And you think about it. I mean, we think about it. We've been on this planet for 200,000 years. We know more about our iPhones and our watches and our devices than we know about ourselves. Because our senses take us out into the world automatically. Coming back has to be deliberate. And the call is heartache. And nobody tells us that heartache is not about the woman who dumped me. That heartache is actually me having disconnected from myself. Naturally, normally, necessarily, as part of the, the journey of the human journey. But not finding your way home before you die is unfortunate. And then you worry, then you fear death, and then you, you know, then you make it harder on everybody, your kids and, and yourself and, you know, and the, the caretakers that, that help to check you out, right? Because you haven't done your homework. So this is homework. This is the most important homework. If 8 billion people did that homework and felt that peace and felt that love, this would be a completely different planet. Every problem we have on the planet, whether it's political or environmental or relationship-wise or international or, or you know, crime and murder and wars and all of that, none of that would happen if 8 billion people did their homework and felt how incredible their life is and how fulfilled they are so they don't have to steal other people's stuff because they think they need it to be fulfilled well said i would be not a good interviewer if i didn't also ask you about all of your other uh items uh that yeah, you've yeah. spent a, a lifetime gathering there are yeah. uh, books there are uh there's health there are degrees there's there's a whole lot in there so mm -hmm. uh, what if any of those things over the course of your life obviously you're much much more well versed in in everything else including loneliness but there's a lot more to you mm -hmm. what other what other well, things have have you found over your life's work and your experience uh, yeah. that go hand in hand with mental health and 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 the loneliness piece and and yeah. reframing your brain in the way you've described yeah okay and i do this first because every issue eventually will come back to this every issue you have so when you talk about uh what was it you oh yeah processing change yeah yeah so people have a lot of pro problems processing change especially in the last three years with all the lockdowns and all of the you can't do this, you can't do that. So my quip was, if you can't go outside during the lockdowns, go inside. Yeah, but not everybody knows how to do that. But a lot of people started thinking about, oh my God, I can't depend on my distractions. Oh my God, what is my life really about? And started going more in that direction. So you could say COVID has been incredible to change that focus worldwide for a lot of people. Okay, yeah. but it's also driven lots of people crazy because they don't know how to go inside. And so it's like, well, I can't do that and I can't do that. And you're telling me this, but somebody else tells me the opposite. And either, either one side's lying or everybody's lying. So what do I depend on? How do I deal with the change? Who's, who's right? Who's wrong? Should you get vaxxed? Is the vax more dangerous? You know, there's like so much stuff going around. And how do you know? Well, you don't know because you're living in a world of change and you're living in a world of people who have agendas and agendas make you dishonest. So you don't tell the truth about truth. If it depends on you, 
you know, if if you t if when you told the truth, you would lose your money, right? So then you have to hype it, twist it, distort it, generalize it, and out and out lie, right? So processing change, you live in a world of change. The changes, environment changes, people change, thinking changes, and emotions change. That's the change of a part of human nature. But the inspiration part and the unconditional love part and the peace part don't change. So when you're in the middle of everything that's going crazy, way too fast, way faster than you can handle, you need to be able to suck back. That's why I say it all ends up here because that also exists within you. So you can focus on the change and you can move your focus to the, to the no change. Balance, it's like a kid, you know, a kid, little kid holding mother's finger in a shopping mall. Mm-hmm holding mother's finger, looking around. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, my God. Oh, look at this. They're everything. And it's like wild. But the moment it loses the connection to mom's finger, ah, the world's unsafe. Right? Yeah. Well, mother's finger is the peace inside, the love inside. You have it. It never leaves you. But your focus disconnected from it. And then you get caught up in all the changes and they should be doing this and why aren't they doing that? And uh, well, my parents always said that that was really bad. And you know, so then you get into all of that and then you're in your change, in the change in your head and it drives you crazy. So my suggestion is do as much of that as you want, but also cultivate moving your focus to the quiet place and get as good at that as you become tripping in your head about what's going on in the world of change, right? In, in, in uh, one, of the, one of the masters, one of the masters from 5,000 years ago said, the wise mourn neither for the dead nor for the living. When you are in the eternal, death, is not a problem and living is not a problem and all this crazy things people do is not a problem not from here it's not a problem from here it's a problem this is a hundred percent for you your heart is a hundred percent for you your mind is always 50 percent for you and 50 percent against you that's just the nature of it right so so being able to move your focus to the place where you have your your, your foundation is really important. So that's, I don't know if I want to say more about processing change. That's how I press change. And by the way, when you sit in peace and you look at what's changing, there's a thousand things that you don't need to have an opinion about. There's a thousand things you don't have to say to yourself, well, they're doing that, but they should be doing that. And therefore I'm really angry. And therefore, and then you trip yourself out in your own chemistry. Yeah. Right. Yep. And most of the things that we take, you know, even like the, the conservatives and the, the Republicans and the Democrats always at each other's heads, they're never talking about the heart. They're always talking about stupid ideas and they're stupid on both sides. Right. 
and you know what one one side would be uh wants freedom without responsibility and the other side wants responsibility without freedom like uh actually freedom comes with responsibility you if you try to separate freedom and responsibility you end up half-assed right freedom why because what you do has consequences everything you do has consequences there's the freedom what you do and the consequences is is the responsibility so therefore before you do stuff think about the consequences that would be the responsible thing to do right right so well, if I you're lived, if, sorry yeah yeah go ahead so if i've lived this long and mm-hmm. uh your concepts are new uh to me or i feel like i should try them um where do I start? If I've been living a certain way with a certain thought pattern and not yeah. looking inwardly and not reflecting and not finding quiet spaces and not meditating or being oneself, mm-hmm. how do I begin this? How do I start? Well, I, I think the I think the, the biggest thing that I'm offering is, is it possible that it's true what I'm saying? That there is that peace in you, that there is that unconditional love in you, that peace is actually everywhere all the time but only peace can recognize it so if you don't see peace everywhere it's because you're not looking from peace in your own being because only peace sees peace okay so the first thing is is it possible that what i'm saying is true and then the second one is are you interested and if if you say yes you know if you say no this forget it this all bs He's just tripping his head, you know, then you're not going to, then you're not going to pursue it. Right. So, okay. So you say, okay, what if it's true? Would you want to know it? If the answer to that is yes, you're already on the, you're already on the track because then when it's interesting to you and you've acknowledged that to yourself, then you will start to see the signs because the signs are everywhere. If peace is everywhere, the signs are everywhere. Right, the rose blooms in peace. The war in the Ukraine is taking place in perfect peace. But the warriors are not focused on the peace. The warriors are focused on, you're my enemy, I'm gonna kill you. You're my enemy, I'm gonna kill you. And then in perfect peace, they have a war, right? So if you, if you think it might be true what I'm saying, or there might be something to it, and you think it's possible that there's something within you that is that good, are you interested? If you're interested, sit with you. Then, then the next step is you don't have to do anything except take five minutes a day or 10 minutes or an hour or six hours or whatever. Take some time every day to literally put aside everything. Shut your door, turn out your lights, be in a comfortable place that's safe so you don't have to be disturbed. And then spend a little bit of time bringing your awareness to heartache, behind heartache, into breath, and discover how peaceful it is in that place. And then just do more of it. I've been doing this practice that I do for 50 years, over 50 years. And uh, I was, uh, you know, it started with that experience. And then I was like, uh, yeah, but now this experience is becoming a memory. How do I stay in that experience? 
on a day-to-day -day basis. So I was interested and I met somebody who said, the peace you search for in the world is within you and I can reveal you that peace. And of course, I'm a war baby. So that was an imp important statement for me. I don't remember anything else he said. <laughs> He's talked for two hours. That's the one sentence I remember. And I said, oh, I don't know if he can teach me. I, I doubt it, but I am interested in peace and I definitely want peace. So let me check it out because if he can do it, I don't want to miss it. And if you can't do it, I'll just keep looking. But I was interested in peace, right? So, so then, and then you listen to conversations. If you want peace in your life, you'll drive, you'll be on a bus or you'll be in a shopping center or standing in a lineup and you'll hear somebody say something about peace and you will hear that and you'll miss anything else that anybody else is, say, is saying because you're, because you're primed for it, right? So it's all... So you bring as much to peace as peace brings to you. Because peace can be everywhere and you can be completely not in touch with it because you're thinking about how you can screw your neighbor on the next deal, <laughs> right? Or whatever it is, right? So, uh, you know, and then, so then you, there are books that you could, maybe you might find a book on peace or you might find a group that claims to practice peace. Or you might find a teacher who who teaches teaches peace. Yeah, do you it's have always any, gonna, do you have any hmm? book suggestions or places to look? Oh, the or the last book? book before I met the guy who showed me the method that I practice was uh, uh, Yogananda. It was called Autobiography of a Yogi, and it was pretty uh, famous. The Prophet Khalil Gibran's Prophet is a little bit in that direction. You can read your Bible. Right. You can you can. But don't, don't read your Bible for the church. Read your Bible for yourself. Right. Because people have interpretations and then they try to tell you what the interpretation should be. Now, this is about your own experience of your own existence. Mm -hmm. That has to be experiential. You can't just do a head trip. You know, you can't just say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus and Jesus is going to save me. And then when you die, your mind goes away. Where's your, where's your, where's your Jesus? You have, you know, and people are the, actually people who are religious have a harder time dying than people who are not religious because that Jesus, 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 and then where's Jesus when they're dying you, because beliefs can save you from other beliefs, but they can't save you from reality. And dying is not a belief. Dying is a reality, right? And then when you go into that and you let go and it's okay, is dying is actually an, an ecstatic experience. It's something to look forward to when your time comes. Right? You mentioned um, you mentioned so, the name. There and then, a, yeah, an and then there's that, that that helped you with this. Yeah, then there's a Bhagavad Gita. There's another, you know, and then there's some Buddhist scriptures, and there are people and Lao Tzu and Huang Po, and there's a whole bunch of them, and they're all different people who have different expressions of their their search within themselves for the the word of god the word of life the word of universe whatever you call or the wisdom that of the universe that runs everything so there's lots of books yeah his name is prem rawat r-a-w-a-t and you can find him at timelesstoday.com and he i met him when he was 14 he's now 65 He's been talking about this forever. So one of the things, one of the questions I could ask your listeners who are my age, 
Why, why did you never notice him before? Why did you never hear of him, him before? Or maybe you did, but you know, and it's because wherever your focus goes, that's going to become your, that's going to be your truth. That's going to become your base of knowledge. Because whatever you pay attention to, you get to know it. You get to know how it works and how it changes and what the color is and what the shape is and how the movement goes and what sound it makes, right? So whatever you focus on, that becomes your knowledge base. So if it was all always about money, then that's going to be a knowledge base and you probably know a lot more about money than I do, right? And if it was always like if you are flowers, you know, gardener, right? Then you know a lot about flowers and you might know all the Latin words for them and, you know, uh, I wouldn't do that. People, when they, I, I take pictures, photos, and uh, I'll take a picture of a flower and somebody stop and say, oh, what kind of a flower is that? I'm, my answer is always, I don't know, but it looks like that. <laughs> See, I don't have to know the Latin name, but some, for some people that's important. Right. So, and then the other thing that uh, I work with too is like when you get older, lots of people have lots of health, health issues. Mm-hmm because they've been doing things wrong, wrong means out of line with nature and your nature for a long time. And the longer you do it, the more it catches up with you. And fundamentally, we were made for fresh, whole, raw, organic foods, plus water, plus air, fresh water, fresh air, mostly plant-based for human beings. And when you look at what you have in your kitchen and your cupboards, you can look at how close is this product and this product and this product and this product and this product to fresh, whole, raw, organic, plant-based. And in the plant-based world or in this nutritional world, the most neglected arena is the essential fatty acids and especially the omega-3. And omega-3 is super sensitive to damage by light, oxygen, and heat. So mostly when we get it, it's damaged. And one of my claims to fame is I developed a method for making oils with health in mind by making a very tight production system that prevents light, oxygen, and heat from damaging the oils. And so making oils with health in mind is an industry that I developed starting in 1980 when I got poisoned by pesticides. That's number one. Number two is if you cook foods, you actually put a load under your digestive system that is more than twice as high as what you do when you eat raw foods. Because in raw foods are enzymes. And when you chew those foods up, you you break down the structure of the cells and the enzymes then do 60% of the digestion for you. Well, if you cook your food, you destroy the enzymes. Your body now has... 60, you know, it now has two and a half times more work to do than it was intended to do by nature, by life, by the cosmos, and that'll catch up with you. And you start to have digestion problems. So if you cook your foods, you need to replace the enzymes you destroyed when foods were cooked. And I do that, I work with enzymes as well. And then the third one is, when you, if you were a creature running around naked in nature, eating, you know, raw foods, on those foods are friendly bacteria that are really important for gut health and have uh, ramifications in mood and liver function, in 
cardiovascular function, in digestion function, in just about everything. And those are called probiotics. When you cook foods, you kill them. When you process foods, you kill them. So when you eat your foods processed and cooked, you need to replace the probiotics as well. You got to make sure you have lots of fiber in your diet. That comes from plants, not animals. And that makes digestion, that makes, that feeds the probiotics. So they do the best job in your gut. And then there's herbs and spices, bitters, particularly for liver and digestive function. But there's tons of spice, tons of um, herbs and spices for cardiovascular health, for brain health, for vision, for bone health. And it goes on and on and on and on. That was nature's pharmacy was not the pharmaceutical industry. Nature's pharmacy was the plants that grow on the planet. And how do and, people find more about all of, all of uh, the other things that you do as well on the internet? How do, how do we find you? How do we find these things? Yeah, uh, I have a I have a a website Udo's Choice U D O S Choice dot com, and that's where we talk about the products and the and the physical health stuff. And the products I work with are on there, and you find those in the health food stores. The oil is in the fridge in the supplement section in the health food stores. So are the probiotics. Don't buy probiotics that are not in the fridge. Don't buy oils that are not in the fridge. And don't ever use oils for frying if health is what you're trying to chase, okay? And then the enzymes, you usually find them on the shelf, mostly in the health food, in the natural foods trade. So that's the one. And then this other stuff, that's a work in progress on a website called The Udo, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. And uh, that's a totally a work in progress. I'm still developing what we are talking about. Total health based in nature and human nature and the nature of human nature. So those are the two topics that I'm working on that unbelievable. I'm gonna be 81 next month and I'm having the time of my life. I have no aches or pains. Uh, I had the beginnings of arthritis when I was 38. Not, it wasn't really serious yet. I don't have nothing. I have nothing now. And it's changes that I've made and being able to be calm and quiet is extremely good for health. So you want to do that too, both in terms of the, the contentment and in terms of the feeling loved. And uh, so, and I kind of like to take on the areas that got the least attention because those are actually the most important areas because they're not getting attention. Yeah, the, hardest, the hardest topics to talk about, yep. They're not, yeah, well, and I, I, it was all private for me, all this inner stuff until 2001. When 9-11 happened, I realized, oh my God, discontent people will always spread discontent. Mm -hmm. And if those of us who are content, and I claim to be one of those people, if we don't spread contentment faster than they spread discontent, guess where we're headed? And at that point, I started trying to figure out how do I talk about this stuff? How do you even talk about it? And, uh, and so I'm now 21 years into this particular topic, and I think I'm get, starting to get pretty good at it. I do too. It's been a fascinating conversation. Last yeah. question is one I always ask. Yeah. What question did I not ask in the course of this interview that I should have? No, I think, you know, you did an excellent job. And how do I know? Because I know what, what the story was that I told, and I didn't leave anything out. And I'm doing it with you, so you made that happen. Thanks so much for sharing with us, Udo. 
Make sure to hit the Matt Ferret Show website for links and show notes. Until next time, to your wealth, wisdom, and wellness, I'm Matt Ferret, and thanks for tuning in. The Matt Ferret Show, related content, publications, and MF Media LLC is in no way associated, endorsed, or authorized by any governmental agency, including the Social Security Administration, the Department of Health and Human Services, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The Matt Ferret Show is in no way associated with, authorized, approved, endorsed, nor in any way affiliated with any company, trademark names, or other marks mentioned or referenced in or on The Matt Ferret Show. Any such mention is for purpose of reference only. Any advice, generalized statistics, or opinions expressed are strictly those of the host and guests of The Matt Ferret Show. Although every effort has been made to ensure the contents of The Matt Ferret Show and related content are correct and complete, Laws and regulations change quickly and often. The ideas and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show aren't meant to replace the sage advice of healthcare, insurance, financial planning, accounting, or legal professionals. You are responsible for your financial decisions. It is your sole responsibility to independently evaluate the accuracy, correctness, or completeness of the content, services, and products of, and associated with, The Matt Ferret Show, MF Media LLC, and any related content or publications. The thoughts and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show are those of the host and The Matt Ferret Show guests only, and are not the thoughts and opinions of any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show, nor is The Matt Ferret Show made by, on behalf of, or endorsed or approved by any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show. 